what's funny about that is, um, you know, somebody's leaving, somebody's going here, somebody's going to hire somebody else. You know, the big thing, I guess, when Blake Harrell got in the mix for this assistant of the year, the Broyles Award, everybody, oh, we got Blake Harrell's going to go, he's going to leave. Well, I mean, we he may, but we don't know that. What do you did you find that? Yeah, so Memphis in 2015 was a five and three in league play, okay, and they went nine and four overall. So with that only being 13 games, I'm gonna do a little where, further research. Yeah, I'm gonna they, guess that's a bowl game, and that does well, not. Well, no, they mean went to they a bowl game, but where did played they? in the conference championship? Okay, I but don't think but they somewhere did. around there they had, had they not? Let's see. Point is, there had been kind of unprecedented success at Memphis, and Virginia Tech made that higher to replace Frank, Frank Beamer. Now, I really doubt Virginia Tech would have had the pick of the litter. I, I, I'm having a hard time remembering back. I just know that the Beamer thing was not was not going well when it ended. The team had really taken, the program had taken steps back. And that's not to detract from Frank Beamer at all. But that's just kind of it run out of steam. They weren't what they once were. And they gave a lot of time to this guy, six seasons, but it just was not, just never seemed to work there. It never seemed like a good fit. What I'm getting at is, you know, now everybody's worried that Mike Houston is going to leave and go to Virginia Tech. And there's two things at play here. I think Virginia Tech is, well, Mike Houston's very well liked in that part of the country, obviously. And it's not too far out of his geographical range. In other words, it's not like it's just it's Virginia Tech. It's relatively close to it's in the same region where he has grown up where he's uh, worked professionally. It's not like going to Michigan or going to Arizona or somewhere like that. It's not relocating to a total different part of the country. Blacksburg is as similar to the North Carolina mountains as you know it is obviously to probably eastern North Carolina in a lot of ways. So it's not like you're having to re arrange your life and get not only used to football uh, at a new place and in a situation that, you know, needs some rehabilitation, but it's, it's also not like you're in a situation where you have to, you know, um, get your family acclimated to a brand new part of the country. It's nothing like that. Well, also it's still an area where he knows a lot of the high school coaches when he talk goes to talk to them about recruiting. Cause he knows a lot of the high school coaches. I'm sure up in that area with his time spent at James Madison. And what I would tell you about all that is, and this is not to take a thing away from what Mike Houston's done. It's, it's pretty miraculous what Coach has built here. And look, there's Twitter. There's people telling Clay Travis on Twitter, you know, VT needs to get Coach Houston, blah, 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 blah. Those yahoos out at Virginia Tech think that they're going to get Ed Orgeron probably. Seriously. And that's where they – think their program is they think it's on that level I don't think they have the money for that unless Orgeron just wants to coach somewhere I mean they they I, I joked to somebody today they think they're gonna get Jimbo or Saban Jimbo's name will be linked to it because Jimbo's name's linked everywhere so his agent can get him a raise but the 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 reality of the Virginia Virginia Tech job even removed from Frank Beamer is you know that's not going to be the level they're going to they're going to get. Nobody's leaving a program that's winning championships to to come and inevitably square off against Clemson every year. In your best case scenario, square off against Clemson every year in the uh, ACC championship. Let's face it, uh, the coastal is up for grabs. I mean, if Pitt freaking Pitt is is winning it, it's up for grabs. It's a it's a winnable. It's a very winnable uh, division. In fact, I this may I don't know if this is the case or not, but I mean they everybody in the coastal over a course of a period of time had one they had a different winner of the coastal each year for how many years or how many teams are in the coastal six seven I guess now it's seven because yeah. they expanded it so much. So yeah, I think for like six or seven years there was a different win. In other words, everybody over that period of time won the coastal, you know, in a stretch there. So I mean, it's a winnable sort of deal. Miami's Let's face it, they just fired their AD. They're in flux down there. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, 
I mean, there's so much that has to happen. And it, look, Virginia Tech would be a heck of a move for Virginia Tech. I, I just I don't know the fine. They've got money if they're paying, deciding to pay the two and a half million difference in the buyout now to later on. All right. So if you're a Duke fan, first of all, you probably, when I mentioned a few minutes ago, and even mentioned yesterday that Cutcliffe, they were structuring a, a deal basically for him to retire. He's got a year left on his contract after this year, and they're not going to give him an extension. And that basically means get out because you can't go into a final year as a lame duck. It'll kill recruiting. Duke fans had no idea what was going on with the, with the football. They're like, what? There's football still happening? The big news out of Durham today, and oh, all of our friends at the Triangle Sports Media dived all over this one. I mean, this was this was it. This was the thing that's going to bring Kay down. His grandson got a Dewey. Wow. And then who was the other kid? The lottery pick? Paulo Manchero. Who's a baller. Yeah, he's uh, projected to be ACC Player of the Year. He is... Uh, was in the passenger? He was riding shotgun? That's the way they may say. He was in the car. I'm guessing he was riding shotgun. I, I can't okay. confirm that. Well, you know, the thing is this. And what's what's uh, Krzyzewski's grandkid's name? Michael Savarino. Savarino. He's 21. No, he's 20. That's oh, what he makes 20? it worse. Okay, yeah. I thought I was told. I was The report I saw said he was 21. All right, well, he's 20. That, I mean, no, it doesn't make it worse. It's bad any way you slice it. But look. Philip, you were a college kid at one point. Chill Phil was a college kid at one point. Nobody's living high on the hog in college. But if there's someone, even at a place like Duke, that has the resources to, I don't know, get an Uber, get a Lyft, it'd be that that kid. I'm sure he's got a bank account, or at least a card linked to somebody's bank account. I'm sure he's got a cell phone. Probably got a newer cell phone than I'm, I'm rolling around with. I'm sure he's got these things. I'm sure he could have you know, got a rideshare app and done that instead of got behind the wheel, something totally stupid. And look, you know, Duke's given a statement. This thing will get pushed out to the, the summer because the university itself will not do, make any kind of decision or make any kind of statement on anything until after uh, the legal process has seen its way through. And the kids, at least what I saw today, will be in court again next uh, month. So what they'll do is they'll have their lawyers push it out. This thing will get pushed to June after the NBA draft lottery and, you know, some guys might get a fine in community service. But the university will not deal with this until the legal process is over. In other words, it doesn't rise to the occasion to get them, you know, suspended from school or kicked out of school or punished in any way. Uh, You know, could have been much worse, obviously, and that may have. But... You know, as far as what this rises to, this isn't like they were accused of something much, much more heinous or committed something, that, a crime that was much more heinous. I mean, this is despicable and shouldn't be done. I'm not defending it on any level, but, you know, that's it, it, that makes sense. I'll wait and see what the legal process is. Well, this will get pushed out. We'll never hear another peep of it uh, again because it'll be June or July before there's a resolution legally is my guess. So... What does that mean for tonight? Because there is a Duke game. You can hear it on 103.7 WTIB, by the way, top of the hour. That means someone will ask uh, Krzyzewski, and, I mean, he will get all pissy over it. And if the journalists don't ask the question, they're not doing their job. You have to ask the question. Now, he'll, if he were going to be contrite about this since it involves his dopey grandson, you think he would say, I've given a statement. You know, I've referred who you need to seek further comment from, and that's what I'm going to stand behind the statement. But he'll get all grouchy and, you know, take it as a personal attack on him. But look, this kid's mom, I guess Debbie, uh, Coach K's daughter, Debbie's his mom. And from what I understand and talking to someone today about it, she's she's like the one that runs the family. And Oh, I bet she's, she's killing this kid. Screwing up Coach K's farewell tour with this uh, – with this foolishness. So we'll see. But look for that tonight. We'll have, I'm sure we'll have some sound on that tomorrow because Coach K uh, press conferences here in recent years have been a hoot because he's losing it. And it's Ben has the old, you know, defense go Duke thing that he's got in there about where Capo was there and he wanted to chant something else. But I don't know. You probably don't know where it is. But that's, that's one of the very funny things that is. 
that shows you he was totally losing it. All right. Um, let's see here. A couple things to get you set for the rest of the week. Um, tomorrow, we're going to have uh, Coach Kim McNeil on. ECU women won their first game of the season last night at home. They ended up blowing out Gardner-Webb in the second half. So that's happening uh, tomorrow. Uh, We'll talk to her on the radio program. Thursday, uh, we're going to have Michael Perry on with us and uh, working on a couple of other guests. That'll be a 90-minute show that day. Will that work for you and your your day? It's going to have to work. It depends on if Jim Taunton pre-tapes his show, because if he doesn't, I have to be in there by about 6.20 for him to connect. Can't be two places at once? Uh, no. I don't think cloning has, has been like perfected What's yet. What's he doing over there? So what have you guys taught him? Nothing? Uh, yeah, he could finish off your show. He doesn't know. I like the idea of him going to the Taunton thing better than fishing up. Uh, well, <laughs> connecting with Taunton is a, is a different thing. Uh, we're aspiring for a 90-minute show on Thursday. And then Friday is kind of uh, we don't know because uh, it depends on what ECU does that night. The reason we would go 90 minutes on Thursday is to lead you into basketball coverage. and I mean, to try to get basketball proper shine and and that sort of thing. So we like to try to go 90 minutes on those days where it makes sense and we lead into the uh, radio network. All right. Um, we'll grab a break here. We'll come back. Pirate Report, bottom of the hour, thereabouts. Houston Huddle for you today. Uh, so uh, all of that's still to come. Owen Daffer, hear from him as he was named the uh, conference player of the week for special teams and uh, we'll have that on our pirate report after this the pitch more of the patrick johnson show is coming up that ball is gone on your flagship home of pirate baseball 94.3 the game if you want the best steak in eastern north carolina then remember this name the Seahorse Steakhouse, 2301A Stantonsburg Road in Greenville. They serve USDA prime ribeyes aged 50 days, cooked to perfection by Crystal. The Seahorse Grillmaster, guaranteed to be tender and juicy. The Saturday Night Prime Rib is an experience you'll never forget. It's the most flavorful, tender piece of beef you'll ever eat. Delicious is an understatement. You're sure to leave full and satisfied. But if you have room to spare, a generous slice of one of their homemade cakes will take care of that. So the next time you want a really good steak in a relaxed family atmosphere, remember the home of Daddy's Steaks and Mama's Cakes. The Seahorse Steakhouse, Stantonsburg Road, Greenville. Last year, you helped us raise over $60,000 to make sure local kids had a Merry Christmas. This is uh, the whole community coming together today to help some people who need it. This year, we're doing it again. Interbanks Media's Operation Santa Claus Radiothon is back on Friday, December 3rd from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. at Great Harvest Bread Company on Evan Street in Greenville. We'll be teaming up with Greenville Fire and Rescue and the Salvation Army, collecting toys and monetary gifts for kids in need. This year will be even bigger as we make sure kids in ENC have the best Christmas possible. Hey, we know things are not 100% back to normal, and times are still tough for a lot of people. That's why we're making sure that kids are not forgotten this holiday season. Join us at Great Harvest Bread Company on Friday, December 3rd from 6 to 6. And while you're there, pick up your tickets for the Embers Christmas Show. We'll see you at the Operation Santa Claus Radiothon. With Interbanks Media. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest-rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service 
the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Today's Pirate Report is brought to you by the Seahorse Steakhouse, where you always get Danny's steaks and Mama's cakes. Bill Clark Holmes, personifying pirates, supporting pirates. Pick Greenville Airport, convenient and comfortable to Charlotte and then anywhere on the globe. That is today's uh, Pirate Report sponsorship uh, grouping. And uh, this is Owen Daffer, who was... uh, Excited to be named the American Athletic Conference Special Teams Player of the Week. Well, it's uh, obviously a huge weekend this past weekend for our program and, uh, and the players and uh, just a, a really special win at Memphis. Uh, win number six on the season, which was significant for the program. And, uh, you know, to do it at Memphis, which, you know, I was looking just after the game and I'm kind of glad I didn't know all this going in. I mean, I think they're 30 and three in their last 33 home games and won 17 straight in November at home. Correct me if I'm wrong on this side, go 13 straight conference play at home. So uh, I'm glad I didn't know that before kickoff. All right. That was Mike Houston. So, uh, Hey, just do it. Hey, why don't you run it please? Like I asked. Okay. Thanks. All right. uh, Let me know when you're ready. Owen Daffer. That's the one that was titled Owen Daffer. Somehow like, something got resaved over it in the folder. That was something that got screwed okay. up in the folder. All right. Can we find Daffer? You know, that'd be pretty good. So why yeah. don't you guys look for Daffer while we play DJ Ford? Uh, preview it before we uh, play it. So I, I, I'm i not introducing the wrong clips here. Uh, so we do, is that DJ Ford? Okay. All right. So this is DJ Ford, and he uh, talks about his emotions after the final play against Memphis. Oh, the emotions were... Hi. Everyone was extremely excited. Everyone was really happy. You know what I'm saying? That was like the moment where it feels like all of your hard work is paid off. So I was excited for all of those guys because I know for many of these guys, it's their first bowl game. So that's an experience in itself. And we'll talk about that more when it's time, you know, but I'm happy for them. You know, DJ Ford's uh, had uh, some major experiences we've talked about, and this is uh, how he said he felt leading up to the final play in overtime against Memphis? I think, much like everyone else, we were a little, you know, like, oh, like, here we go, you know. But once we saw them line up in that formation, I felt much better because that was the exact look we had practiced all week. So whenever the play started, I knew that we were going to stop it. Well, it's going to be a challenge this week, no matter how you slice it, defending the triple option. And this is DJ Ford talking about having to deal with uh, the offense that Navy runs. It's very different, you know what I'm saying? You have to make sure you're extra locked in with an offense that runs the triple option. You know, you have to be extremely disciplined and keep your eyes on your key and do your job. Trying to do someone else's job will get you beat. And, uh, you know, the fans were at the airport to greet the uh, Pirates after they arrived, uh, or once they arrived from Memphis. And this is what uh, DJ Ford Thought about that outpouring from Pirate Nation. Oh, that was extremely special. Um, I heard someone on the plane as we were coming to a stop, like, look at all those people. I'm like, quit messing with me. And then, like, sure enough, I opened the window and I look out. I'm like, man, like, there are a lot of people out there. You know what I'm saying? And that was a, that was a surreal experience. That was a very, very exciting, you know what I'm saying, to get to celebrate with the people that cheer you on week to week. So that was, that was a lot of fun. So great uh, comments there from uh, Ford on uh, just the whole experience, the Memphis game and what they faced this week and then getting back and seeing the fans at the airport. This is Tyler Sneed, and uh, Sneed was named to the honor roll this week for the American. 13 catches, 113 yards. And uh, Tyler now on what this group needs to do moving forward. You know, just everybody's got to make the plays that come to them, and I think we've done a good job of doing that uh, the past couple weeks. Audie's been consistent all year. CJ, all those guys have been good. So, you know, it makes it easy easy for some people. Uh, but, like, Houghton, I mean, he does a great job throwing it, making plays. So, you know, everybody just clicks. And last year's Navy game, as we know, was the game that Ehlers missed with the uh, positive COVID-19 test. Uh, it was a uh, tough deal 
for Mason Garcia to come in and start. Uh, Garcia had some you know bright spots in that game, but I, I think he would be the first one to tell you that he wasn't ready to truly start a college football game last year. He was thrust into it. Still, the Pirates only lost by four. And uh, Tyler Sneed shares with us his memories about last year's Navy loss in Greenville. You know, last year um, kind of felt like they got away with one last year. You know, we felt like we, we had a good shot against them, but uh, fortunately it didn't happen for us. But they're a good team. They're a physical team, um, like Temple. But they pride themselves on physicality, and uh, we pride ourselves on that too. So it'll be a good matchup. So if East Carolina were to lose, or excuse me, to win this week, and Cincinnati were to lose to SMU, which is not out of the realm of possibility, and then you have Cincinnati come to Greenville and East Carolina beat Cincinnati, I guess enough would happen to go to the championship game in the American and, and play Houston probably, right? That's the way I understand it. I don't know. We have the same amount of losses as SMU. I don't know who would have the tiebreaker. So SMU may have to lose their last one, not a hundred percent, or their last one at Tulsa, not a hundred percent. Yeah. Sure. So I think that that might be the other thing I have to. I did. I failed to mention that they would have to. SMU would have to lose, beat Cincinnati, and lose to Tulsa. The key is win this week, lose next week. So there. Thank you, Philip. So. Boy, I, I hope Mike Houston was nowhere near earshot of this question being asked. He was long gone. Don't worry. So this is what he had to say. I saw it on uh, Twitter. I saw it. A lot's got to happen for that. But, no, I mean, we're excited. But, like I said, we just got to take it one week at a time. Can't get too far ahead. But work on win number seven this week. Whew. Not sure who asked that. But whoever asked that, I hope they had their head on a swivel. Whew. All right. Do we have the Owen Daffer do we have the Owen Daffer Cup? And if we don't, that's fine. All right, we do. All right. Okay, so as uh, promised, this is Owen Daffer, who was named the uh, Specialist of the Week, and uh, he talked about that honor from the American Athletic Conference. Hit it. It meant a lot. I heard about it in one of my classes, and I just started smiling. I, I couldn't stop smiling. But at the end of the day, it's we have next week to think about and – I need to keep my eyes on Navy more than anything. Pretty cool. You're in class, probably bored to death, and you get that piece of news on uh, Twitter or something, I'm sure. All right. Um, thank you guys for getting that together. Uh, Cincinnati, today. I don't see a lot of movement in the college football playoff standings. Uh, you probably going to have, my guess is Georgia, Bama, Oregon, Ohio State, right? Top four? Yeah, I, I don't see anything moving. Cincinnati Nothing. stays at five or no? Yeah, I think so. Oklahoma State six, probably? Yeah. Yeah. So Baylor just, will bump up a little bit, but I don't know if I don't think relevant. Baylor has done enough to get to, I mean, with this committee, they probably will put them at one. But, you know, prob, I can't see any higher than eight. Baylor, I mean, that, that doesn't make any sense, does it to you? I mean, I don't know. Not just, with two losses. They will just be rewarded I mean, for beating Oklahoma. They the should other be, night. yeah, they should be 11, 12, maybe even top 10 at most. But with this committee, they'll probably stick them in eight or seven just because this committee is committing malpractice. Every poll they put out in this made for television event. Uh, tonight, down to 38, mainly sunny tomorrow and a high of 75, clear skies tomorrow night and 53. Uh, and then 76 on Thursday, cold front comes through, a little bit of rain Friday, 56 and sunny, low of 32, so it's going to be nice and crisp for uh, high school football on uh, Friday night, third round of the playoffs. We'll have the Rose Rampits for you that night. 6.50 will be the time they'll take the air from Fayetteville, and uh, they got a crew headed down there. It's uh, 71st and Rose in the third round of the playoffs. Both teams had close second-round games. So we'll have that for you here on the flagship of uh, Rose Football, 94-3 the game. Uh, as we mentioned, Pirate Basketball Thursday night, and then depending on Friday, it's going to be on 107.9 regardless. 107.9 will have the game. So we won't, we're won't. we not going to a certain point that night on Friday. It'll probably just be an hour show if we have one because of uh, Rose. In fact, we are going to have one. I don't know why I'm saying we won't have one because of, cause we are. We, would we air – would we air ECU basketball if they win? I guess we or would. Or if they lose. If they lose. 
whatever game has them at five, I don't know if we would air it because then it would probably leak into the Rose coverage, but I'm not I'm not sure. Ideally, they win, I think, because that would have them playing at five o'clock, right? Seven. Seven oh, o'clock, okay. yeah. And they would be, it's gonna, the game will be on 107.9. Yeah. So I guess I need to start planning a Friday show then, right? Yeah. No, man. We're going to, we're, yeah, yeah, you do, because we're going to win. We're going to win. We're, we're, we're beating Oklahoma. Yeah, right. You're here first. Heck with the Sooners. But we, but you're right. We would not air the game, even if the Pirates were to lose and play in that five o'clock game. We're not going to air it here because uh, of Rose. And like you say, it'll roll over into coverage. And we're putting the game on 107.9. So everything I told Dylan today, I need, I, I can't believe he didn't say anything. I guess he was just letting me talk like a lot of people do. All right, we've got the Houston huddle coming up uh, here in just a minute. Do you have uh, do you have a report ready? I, I do. All right, let's go. Uh, this is going to be. Wait a minute. We, I might have some breaking news here. Uh, not sure what this is, so I'm not gonna. I'm not going to read it. A little bit of uh, not real clear on this, so we'll do a little digging. All right, do you have uh, you have an update? All right, here's uh, the ref, Philip Pilkington. Uh, and uh, this is uh, an update here on 94.3 The Game, and then our Mike Houston huddle will come your way, so stick around. Philip Pilkington here with your 94.3 The Game Sports Update. Free agency has started big now in Major League Baseball as the Angels have signed Noah Syndergaard to a one-year deal worth $21 million. The Detroit Tigers have also signed a notable pitcher, Eduardo Rodriguez. In the NBA, there's some injury news. Cavs rookie Evan Mobley will lose, will miss multiple weeks with an elbow sprain. And there's a big game tonight going on in Brooklyn as the Nets host the Warriors. However, those Nets will be without Joe Harris and Paul Millsap. How with all that going on, they are still favored by three. In college football, there's a big game in the ACC Atlantic Division this weekend between Clemson and Wake Forest, but the Tigers will have to do it without star wide receiver Justin Ross, who leads the team in receptions, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns. Illinois head football coach Brett B. 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 Lama has tested positive for COVID-19 and will not coach this weekend versus Iowa. Virginia Tech has fired their head coach, Justin Fuente. Duke basketball player and grandson to Coach K, Michael Savarino, is facing a DUI charge, and Duke freshman forward Pablo Bencaro is looking at aiding and abetting charges due to that DUI. Both players were arrested around 1 a.m. Sunday morning. Both boys are under the age of 21. In better news, ECU is going bowling, and DJ Ford talked about the emotions of the team after the sixth win. Oh, the emotions were high. Everyone was extremely excited. Everyone was really happy. You know what I'm saying? That was like the moment where it feels like all of your hard work is paying off. So. I was excited for all of those guys because I know for many of these guys, it's their first, first bowl game, so that's an experience in itself. And we'll talk about that more when it's time, you know, but I'm happy for them. In NASCAR, Roush Fenway Racing will be changing its name to K- RFK to include Brad, Brad Kinslowski's name, who will be a driver owner in 2022. And right now in World Cup qualifying, the United States is underway against Jamaica, and that game is tied at one late in the first half. That'll do it for your 94th the game sports update back to Patrick it's it's rumor and innuendo there's no breaking news people are the anonymous text line sending me stuff like it's really happening so all right now coach Houston joining us Houston huddle recorded earlier so I can't ask him about the Virginia Tech no I wouldn't do that we've heard enough questions asked over the last week that have not ended well for people so but um we did talk to Coach Houston this morning for this edition of the Houston Huddle, uh, so you'll hear it in its entirety, but uh, that was all before the uh, Fuente uh, news broke, so there you go. But uh, we, we, you wouldn't say, hey, Coach, you're going to Virginia Tech? Uh, it would be a good idea. So I want to know why I'm being asked on Thursday to be in two places at one time, but you're not asking Coach Houston to do the Houston Huddle right now while he's at practice. Does he not have to be in two places at one time, Patrick? I'll let you ask him that when you see him tomorrow. Sounds good. You'll be on top of it? Yeah, I will. Okay, I knew you would. All right, uh, the Mike Houston huddle on the Patrick Johnson Show when we return. 
10 Patrick mornings. Adam Gold middays. Patrick Johnson on the way home. The best sports talk lineup in the Pirate Nation is heard right here. Right, let's go. 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates and Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. Woo-hoo! More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up. This year, U.S. Cellular's making a big deal out of the holidays. You can choose any phone from any brand free. That's right, any phone you see in our store is free. And get unlimited data for our best price of the season. Just $30 a month per line with four lines. Feel the locally grown joy from U.S. Cellular, America's locally grown wireless. Limited time offer. Terms apply. See uscellular.com for details. Now that life is returning to normal, we've found a lot of good things that came from the pandemic. One of them is not having to go to the wireless store anymore. The Cellular Warehouse team has been in the business of delivering phones to your home and office for 20 years. People found out about our free delivery service and they love the ease of getting a new phone, tablet, or hotspot. Call Toby Williams today at 252-799-7051 so you can start experiencing the joy of never going to a wireless store again. 252-799-7051. Cellular Warehouse, your local U.S. Cellular authorized agent. WorldCat, the world's largest powered catamaran boat builder, is hiring at their Tarboro and Greenville locations. If you enjoy a challenging career opportunity, producing a top quality product, then a career with WorldCat may be for you. No experience is required. However, anyone with carpentry skills or auto body detailing skills are highly encouraged to apply. Send your resume to careers at worldcat.com. That's careers at worldcat.com or go to worldcat.com forward slash careers. At Aces for Autism, we celebrate new milestones each day. Hi, I'm Kyle Robinson. We are growing and looking for behavioral staff and teachers to join the Aces team. Be a part of walking alongside and changing the lives of children and families impacted by autism. Both full and part-time job opportunities are available. Contact us at 252-689-6645 or email us at info at acesforautismnc.com. We know that juicy, cheesy, grilled-to-perfection burger sounds amazing, but it does sound like something is missing. Pepsi, baby! The yin to this burger's yang. Burgers and Pepsi go together like, well, like burgers and Pepsi. This perfect blending of flavors makes every bite of lettuce, every sesame seed on the bun, and every sip of that crisp, refreshing, ice-cold cola. A journey to Foodopia. Burgers, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. Is that the sound of an ooey-gooey, cheesy, crunchy slice of (laughs) P-I-Z-Z-A? Obviously. But as good as that sounds, we think it can get even better. Oh, yeah. That's the sound of a freshly opened, fizz-filled Pepsi. The only thing that can take this flavor medley of crunchy dough, mouth-watering cheese, and savory sauce to the next level. How about another bite? Pepsi and pizza sound like a match made in heaven and taste even better. Pizza. Better with Pepsi. That's what I like. Tweet at us. Hey, you want to see our tweets? That's creeping me out. Follow us on Twitter for breaking sports news and what's going on around the Pirate Nation. We need you guys on Twitter. Twitter. It's 943 The Game on Twitter. It's time to check in with ECU head football coach Mike Houston. Hey, let's dominate today. As he prepares our Pirates for another big matchup, it's the Houston Huddle. Brought to you by Healthwise Pharmacy. Now, here's Patrick Johnson. Many things to talk about this week. Mike Houston joining us uh, here, coach of the Pirates. Coach, thanks for the time. Congratulations uh, to you and the team on a huge victory at Memphis. It was a big, big win. Uh, big win on the road, uh, you know, a place not many teams go in and win at. I mean, I, I didn't realize that after the game, just, uh, you know, that they, they're 30 and 3 in their last 33 games at home, wow. including 13, 13 straight uh, in the American Athletic Conference at home and 17 in a row uh, in the month of November at home. So, um, I didn't, I'm glad, I'm glad nobody told me that before Saturday. <laughs> But uh, right. I think it's just a, te- a testament to just what uh, the kids achieved on Saturday uh, and what a great performance. 
Coach, uh, another tough place to play this week in Navy. We'll get into that. I, I have some questions for you about no the doubt. Memphis game. But let me uh, also uh, wish you a happy birthday here. Uh, big, big, big milestone birthday in the last couple of days. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's another one I could probably do without the number. So bir- birthdays are always birthdays are birthdays are always good to keep having. So I'm glad I'm glad I had one. But uh, you know that five's a little bit different than the four. So, <laughs> uh, coach, as far as uh, you know, spending a little time with the family. Hope you got to do that the last couple of days. You know, celebrating a birthday. Uh, no, not in season. Mm-hmm. So had had a little bit of time Saturday night when we got back, uh, just to uh, to to celebrate there, but. Uh, um, but you know, it's, it's, you know, this time of the year, you immediately move on to the next. And so we, you know, we're back up, uh, back at it on Sunday, getting ready for Navy, uh, because this is a huge ball game for our program this week. Absolutely. Coach, let's talk a little bit about, uh, Memphis and, and some of the things that happened late. I mean, there was some, some areas where, uh, you know, in the red zone things sputtered a little bit, you did come away with points in some instances, but not touchdowns. And then I think what that kind of the way the game was going, that's what made that final drive where the Pirates took the lead in regulation kind of remarkable. Where was the execution different maybe in that, that final sustained drive than it had been, you know, in other parts of the game where, where you had the, the ball in the red zone? Well, I think, number one, Memphis all year has been extremely uh, tough in that in that part of the field. And we knew going in it was going to be a challenge. Um and you know we had we had some opportunities down there, uh, and we had some uh, we had some plays we missed on that uh, you know would have resulted in touchdowns. Uh, you know, excited about Owen Dapper uh, and the fact he knocked down all his field goal attempts, which got us points on the board. But you know you never want to come away without uh, getting a getting seven when you're down there inside the ten. So uh, you know the last drive, I thought we did just a really good job that entire drive of you know staying ahead of the change, staying on schedule. Um, you know, we did have a fourth down we had to go for early on in the drive, but uh, really did a good job, you know, up front, uh, just giving giving those backs room to room to operate and giving Holton time to throw. Owen oh, Daffer was named uh, Specialist of the Week for the uh, American. What an honor for a freshman, but but certainly an honor for him. He's uh, he's been a guy that's kind of captured Pirate fans' uh, hearts with his kind of laid back beach mentality. Uh, but it was good to see him, and, and it seems like he's more confident, and you're more confident in him uh, as the season's gone on. Well, to be honest, I've been I've been fairly confident in him all year. Uh, just really felt comfortable with him coming into the season. Uh, I know that uh, a lot of our fan base didn't, just you know the unknown, and you know. But I understand. I mean, I've been in this stuff a long time. I understand Jake Verity doesn't come along very often, uh, and you know to expect uh, a freshman out of the gate to be Jake Verity, that's unrealistic. Uh, but he's proven himself to be a very solid uh, place kicker at this level, and uh, I think he's going to continue to improve. He's only going to continue to get more experience. He's only going to continue to get stronger. Uh, and so we are very excited about him and excited about him today and also excited about him in, in the future he has in our program. Coach, a lot made about what uh, Memphis decided to do in overtime. Just really quick, near the end of regulation, they get the ball at the, the two-yard line. And it was right there. There's still a little bit of time left. I understand, obviously, the strategy, and it makes sense to kick the field goal. Were you all expecting, though, maybe they may try to line up and catch you off guard and punch something in uh, there to yeah, try to go for absolutely. the win? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I just – I mean, I, <clears throat> you know, you spend a good bit of time each week researching your opponent. Uh, and, you know, I just I, – I knew just the uneasiness that they had with their place kicker. And it's just – it's, it's just things you pick up from, you know, what coaches say. And, you know, obviously, you know, they missed the extra point earlier in the, in the ball game. Um, and so, you know, it, it was, it would not have shocked me if they went for two there. It did not shock us when they went, went for two in uh, overtime. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was just thinking, you know, it wouldn't have surprised me at the end of regulation if they'd have gone for the win, and, and obviously they kicked it. Again, that's Correct. the right play. Uh, when we get to overtime, you call the timeout again with what you say in mind is the kicking situation had been shaky. Was there discussion of, all right, they could go for two here? Or when you, I guess it's when you saw the offense come out. What you all are talking about in the huddle changes a little bit. Well, no, I mean, we, we called the timeout. I did it just to let the kicker sit there and think about it a little bit. Right. Um, 
and you know it's but you know the first thing we said to the to the guys when they came to the sideline is let's just be prepared right here they may go for two uh and so it did not shock us when the offense came out we already had our our, our, our huddle call ready uh and the kids you know they were prepared for it so they didn't panic and so um you know it's it, and they came out in something we'd worked all week so uh, i think the kids felt very uh comfortable so uh, and they executed well in that last play coach uh, a lot of emotion from you afterwards <laughs> uh, a lot of just uh, excitement that was the cool thing to me to watch how exciting the guys excited the the players were uh after the you know the, the pass fell incomplete just to, to see them celebrate in the manner in which they did. That's one of the things, I guess, for you that was really special is the way that the, the, the team, just, just their unbridled joy after that moment. And, it's, and it's, it's, you can't fake that stuff. It's all genuine. I mean, it's uh, – and I know, listen, I, it's well documented. Long before I got here, uh, the frustrations that, uh, you know, some of the fan base have had with the performance on the field. Um, but from the day I took the job, it has been a 24-7, 365 deal, uh, you know, of, of working our tails off to, you know, get the program back where we all want it to be. And this is, you know, this is our life. And, uh, and, and these kids, they come here with this dream and, and they've, you know, they do everything we ask them to do. They work their tails off. Uh, we all work, you know, together so hard. There's so much that goes into every game every season uh and you know so that moment i know it's euphoric for the fan base and i'm excited about that but it is i mean over the top for the players and the staff and everybody that have you know just you know given everything that they have to to get this program headed to where it's to where it is right now and where it's headed for the future you and uh holton uh and you had some some very complimentary remarks about him after the game uh, you guys uh, had had a moment uh, where you all uh, had an exchange. Uh, what what did you say to him in that moment? I just I'm proud of him. You know, it's it's uh, you know he's 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 the reason that we're playing the way we are right now. It's you know it's a team deal. I understand that, but uh, you've got to have a quarterback, uh, and you've got to have one that can perform under pressure. Uh, and, you know, certainly there's nobody that wants to win more than he does, and there's nobody that wanted to get us back to a bowl game more than he does, and uh, he's worked so hard, and, you know, he and I, you know, we talk so much every week, and we've had so many talks here in my office in the off season and and between games and just talking through everything, and, um, you know, he's, uh, he, he's taken some heat at times, uh, deserved or not deserved, um, and he, he handles it well, uh, and, and, and he stays committed and doesn't change who he is. Uh, and so I just, I just told him how proud I was of him. Uh, I've just, I've watched him grow, uh, since the day I got here. Uh, and he is a, he is, you know, he is a good leader. He is a good football player. He's a, an incredible person. He's, you know, he's everything that you want, uh, for the guy playing that position. Tyler Sneed uh, really got off very nicely. A uh, huge day for him. And I'm just wondering, uh, you know, maybe what, uh, if you feel like this is a chance for him to, to maybe kind of get going. Not that he's had a, a bad season by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, was it a case, though, of, of you were taking what they were giving you and it resulted in Sneed getting more involved? Or, or how did all that sort of materialize within the game plan Saturday? And, and do you think it'll lead to uh, maybe Tyler returning to that form potentially from here on out? Well, I think that, you know, number one, I think that it's, it's a, a familiarity between Tyler and, and Holton and CJ and Holton and Audie and Holton and Ryan and Holton and, you know, Keaton and Rajay and Holton and Shane and Holton and, you know, all these guys, it's their familiarity with each other that allows them to be on the same page and, you know, certainly, you know, Tyler and Holton were on on the same wave on the same wavelength in so many third downs. So were he and CJ. But you know, you look. I mean, Tyler's got 84 targets on the year, 56 catches. I, I certainly wouldn't call that anything less than a very impressive year. So sure. I don't, you know, I, I don't, you know, I, 
I, I do think that uh, unlike my first year here, when we had one or two weapons and that's it, I mean, you had virtually no other weapons besides CJ and Tyler. Now we have an office full of them. You know, we have we have the depth uh, and, you know, the numbers at each position where you have really solid contributors. And so now it's more of we're all doing this together as opposed to, you know, one or two guys putting up big numbers in a 20-point loss. We got Mike Houston, Coach Mike Houston, on the line with us here. It's the Houston Huddle, 94.3, the game, the Patrick Johnson Show. Uh, I'll uh, get to, to Navy here in just a moment. Just wanted to make a quick mention. Of course, it was announced that ECU in Cincinnati, that'll be a day after Thanksgiving, 3.30 kick, ABC, so a big uh, national television uh, window, piece of exposure there for the Pirates. Uh, let's uh, talk about this week's game, though, and this, of course, uh, is a place that ECU is, uh, as we you, you mentioned early on, Memphis has been so good at home. Uh, Pirates have really struggled in Annapolis, and the midshipmen don't let whatever record is on the slate this year fool you. They have uh, been the thorn in the side of a lot of teams this season. They've had a couple weeks to prepare for this one. Navy is a team that is playing very, very well right now. They have one of the better defenses in the league. Um, we got them at home at senior day. Uh, you know, they beat Cincinnati's face in uh, in their last home game uh, up there and just, you know, lost it, you know, you know late, uh, but really just played very, very well. Um, you know, beat Tulsa at Tulsa. You know, quality win for them there. Uh, they beat UCF earlier in the year at Navy. Um, you know, this is a, this is a really really tough football team. That, uh, and to be honest, you know, East Carolina hadn't beaten them in a decade, so it's it's not like uh, it's not like this is just another game. I mean, this is a big this is a big ball game for us against a team that's kind of owned us for the last decade. They have twenty five seniors they'll honor before the game. I mean, senior days. Uh tough you know in any environment you go into but I mean I, I think in a place like Navy it's especially poignant as you say a tough place to play they don't need any more motivation I'm sure but uh, you know with 25 seniors on their roster I mean they'll want to go out on, on a on a, and again that's just another you know layer of, of what you say is a, a, a tough football team that executes that's been a real uh, difficult opponent this year uh, and then last year of course Winning in Greenville, uh, 27-23 in a game that was tight. Uh, when when you look at this Navy team and you kind of ran through their accolades and what they've done, what stands out the most to you on the film? Just, you know, how hard they play, how they play together. Um, I think how they've improved. Uh, you know, they don't look like the same team they did early in the year. We saw them early in the year on film. Um, I wish I'd give anything if we'd have played them then. Right. Uh, you know, they have, they have really improved and just, you know, they're playing very, very solid right now. And it's just, uh, it is just going to be a very, very challenging game for us. Uh, we will have to play our best game of the year in order to have a chance to win. You know, we talked about it when, uh, uh, coach, uh, was hired as the defensive coordinator, Blake Harrell, uh, about the familiarity with that kind of offense. And, and that certainly, uh, does help, but, but, you know, it's, it's a different, especially in season, uh, thing to, to kind of, you know, take on dealing with that, uh, triple option as was there any cramming, I guess that into this week makes it especially challenging sort of how, how you're going to deal with that. Well, we've been preparing for this game all year. So every, every Sunday we spent a portion of our practice, uh, working our game plan for Navy. Uh, we spent a good bit of time during preseason camp in the summer on it. You can't get ready for it in one week. And certainly, you know, Blake and I have been together uh, at various different places and have a lot have had a lot of success against the triple option. Uh, we ran the triple option at Lenore Ryan in the Citadel. So, uh, you know, we understand it. Now, that's us understanding it and your kids going out there and being able to defend it. That's two different things. Um, you know, but I think it's something we have put a lot into this game all year, uh, which does help us be better prepared to be able to get ready in one week. Coach, when it comes to running that, like you said, you've run it before. What are the elements? I mean, it's execution, but within that execution, it's the type of thing. It's almost like defending. Everybody has to carry out their assignment regardless of, of what's in front of them, I guess, when, when you're the team running the triple option, right? 
yeah, I mean, there's no there's no margin for error. If you make a mistake, it's a touchdown. Uh, you know, whereas if you make a mistake in the zone game, you know, somebody will get it on the ground for a four or five yard gain. Uh, you make a mistake against the triple, it may end up in the end zone. So, uh, you know, it's, it's very tough to defend if you have a quarterback that is a good decision maker and a good operator. Uh, it's very challenging. Uh, you know, they're they're gonna they're gonna try to gain three yards. It's all they need, three yards at a time. Mm-hmm. As long as they're getting three yards at a time, uh, you know, you won't stop it. You got to get them off schedule. You know, you got to somehow create negative plays. Uh, and you know they don't have any negative plays. They, you know they started the game against Memphis with a 21 play drive, wow. uh, yeah. and it's just you know it, they just you know chewed the clock up, and Memphis got one possession in the first quarter. Uh, so it's uh, it's a deal where there's it's just going it's, it's going to require us to be the most physical team on the field, and that's going to be a challenge because it's an extremely physical football team. Uh, we're going to have to play with just incredible effort. Uh, and then, you know, we're just, we're just going to have to have – it's just going to take a very, very special performance Saturday. Coach, we appreciate the time a lot, dude. Thank you for it, and uh, best of luck against Navy this week. Okay, thanks a lot. Take care. Go Pirates. The Houston Huddle is brought to you by Healthwise Pharmacy on Memorial Drive. Put your health first. Locally owned and operated by pharmacist Marcy Parker. That'll do it for today. If you missed any of the show, always uh, log on to our website, 943thegame.com. We have for you our recap of the show in podcast form every day shortly after it uh, airs live from 5 to 6. And then you can always catch the Houston Huddle. I uh, don't think we're – in fact, I know we're not going to have one next week. Uh, Coach Houston's schedule and the holiday will not permit it, but we'll look forward to getting him on for a season recap of the regular year. Uh, hopefully that first week in December, and that'll be our final Houston huddle of the uh, year. But you can go back, listen to any you missed, or this week's edition, 943thegame.com. Big thanks to Mike Houston for his time today. And tomorrow, Kim McNeil, women's basketball coach, will be with us. They've got a game Thursday, one of those 11 a.m. starts. But uh, Coach McNeil and her team winning last night at home. First victory of the season, so we'll preview the rest of the season with uh, Pirate women's basketball coach Kim McNeil tomorrow on the Patrick Johnson Show. Plus, hear more from Coach Houston ahead of the all-important game this weekend at Navy. Big thanks to Chill Phil and Philip the Ref Pilkington across the way. We'll catch you tomorrow on the Patrick Johnson Show.